everyone welcome back to I'm mostly okay Audrey here and thank you so much for tuning in to what is this episode four I think yeah episode four um, of my podcast I appreciate those of you who have come back and listened to multiple episodes it means so so much um, so this week I don't have a super well researched or organized um, kind of idea for this episode. I really just want to take, you know, the next half hour or so to talk about how I've been feeling, how maybe some of you have been feeling um, about our bodies. We're going to talk about body image issues. Um, and the reason that I chose this topic for this episode is a couple days ago, I had a really good conversation with my mom, shout out to her, um, where we were talking about some health stuff and some weight stuff, and it, it just kind of helped to have a second perspective um, to kind of talk through some of the things that I've been feeling and having to deal with, and it got a little bit ranty when we started talking about how you know, sometimes medical professionals don't always take female health seriously. Um, you know, sometimes you go into a doctor's office and you have concerns about, you know, your mood has been pretty irregular. Uh, you're having weight issues. Um, some things that a lot of times stem from hormonal imbalances and they present you know, really serious everyday problems. There's something that they're constantly on your mind. You're always thinking about them. You're worried that other people are always thinking about them. And you go to your doctor with the hopes that, you know, this person who's in charge of your physical health is going to take you seriously and help you figure out a plan or a way forward that, you know, is actually going to help you long term. And unfortunately, so many women experience the exact opposite. You know, doctors writing off weight issues as, you know, you just, you lack self-control and you don't eat correctly and you don't exercise enough and it's your fault that your body doesn't look or feel the way that you want it to. And this isn't just strictly a, a female issue. I do want to make that clear as well. I know that there are lots of men who also struggle um, with their weight and their body image and how they look and trying to be, you know, confident in that. Um, but because I'm a girl, <laughs> I'm going to be, you know, sharing kind of the female perspective on those types of experiences. Um, ones that I have already had, ones that I'm afraid of, and then also touching a little bit on um, some stuff that, like I said, my mom and I talked about a couple days ago. Um, so I guess the reason that this is coming on and the reason I felt the need to sit here and, you know, kind of put it out into the world is, again, quarantine is kind of a very interesting and different, unprecedented time in so many of our lifetimes. And so there are people, myself included, really struggling with trying to maintain balance and regularity in our everyday. 
Um, I touched on this a little bit in the very first episode where we talked about quarantine hobbies. Um, and I mentioned that, you know, some people are doing really well and they're finding a super great exercise routine that is working for them and they're sticking with it and they have the time to commit to working on their physical health. And I'm so, so envious of those people because I just haven't been able to do that. Um, and beyond that, you know, eating is another thing that some people are doing really well in quarantine and others aren't. So one thing that's different is many people have more time now to invest in like cooking and eating out less, um, which is, you know, overall a positive thing. Um, getting to cook more, having more home cooked meals is better than going out to restaurants or fast food and eating that on a daily basis. Um, and I, I've had ups and downs with that. We do. Okay. Unfortunately, food delivery services like Postmates and DoorDash, they're just too easy, you know? So when it's like eight 30 and you know that you need to have dinner and you have a couple things that you could cook, but not really anything that feels like it would make a good meal. It's so much easier to just, oh yeah, I could get this delivered in the next 20 minutes. That sounds good. So Ronnie and I are trying our very best (laughs) to not make that a constant habit. Um, We're trying to make sure that our fridge is stocked, you know, all the time with good food that we can turn into really good meals and so that we can eat healthier. Um, Unfortunately, that has not seemed to have a positive effect on like my weight gain and um, kind of my overall body image issues um, really for the last two years, but specifically in the last six months, it's gone very downhill. Um, And when you start thinking about, if you think about anything too much, first of all, Uh, the stress and the extra release of cortisol, you know, that can contribute to weight gain as well. And so that's something that Ronnie has told me constantly, you know, you can't, you have to find a way to manage and work through the stress and anxiety because that's going to benefit, you know, your goals to lose weight and to get healthier. I, I know (laughs) I get it. I have issues managing, external stressors and whatever type of anxiety I'm dealing with that day. So that is something that I'm working on. Um, And like I mentioned in the previous episode, a couple episodes really, trying to stay off social media and finding, you know, hobbies that are mentally and physically stimulating are really helpful and great at warding off stress and anxiety. So I'm trying to throw myself into those types of projects. I do want to do an episode on some easy DIY projects that I've done around the house. Um, I've shared almost all of them on my Instagram. And so I'd like to take an episode to kind of talk about, you know, what materials you can use around your house and, um, that kind of thing and and share that with you guys but anyways kind of back on topic here um I'm just I'm I'm struggling with appreciating my body and enjoying the way that I look that's especially hard you know during summer when it's so hot and you know you don't want to wear the type of clothes that 
you know, cover you up. But when you don't feel good in the skin that you're in, um, wearing shorts and swimsuits and going to the beach and going to the pool, it just, it doesn't feel as good as it does when you feel healthy. Um, and so there are going to be some more kind of extreme medical measures that I'll be taking to kind of get my health under control. And, um, as soon as I'm able to go see a doctor, like I'm going to address and, you know, hopefully fix those issues. But I want to spend this episode talking a little bit more about, you know, what type of external examples are we being shown that are supposed to be contributing to body positivity. You know, I talked to my mom about this a little bit. Um, One of the things that has become really popular in the last couple years, I hate to say popular because I I have never supported, you know, like fat shaming. Um, I think that as long as a woman is healthy and taking care of themselves, you know, unfortunately, even if we all ate the same thing and we exercised the same way and we lived in the same type of environment, our bodies would still look different. Like genetics and DNA play such a huge role in, you know, where weight falls on your body and um, how you grow and what parts of you are larger or curvier. And so I, I've never supported that, you know, the fat shaming attitude of bigger girls are ugly or whatever. I do believe that we should be working towards good physical health as much as possible. And I think that's true both for men and women. Um, I don't think that we should be promoting obesity just to promote it. But one thing I've noticed is in this kind of body positivity movement, um, the women that they are using as kind of here's here are the examples of curvy women or here are the examples of bigger women it's like they they still have these rocking like hourglass figures they've got nice like big hips and they still um have that curve at their waist their stomachs are still usually flat um and then they have big boobs And it's like these, you know, these are the curvy women. So big is beautiful, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, I appreciate that. And I appreciate those bodies, but I don't look like that either. (laughs) When I started putting on weight, I didn't just get it in my hips and my chest. It's all sitting on like my lower abdomen and I developed cellulite and stretch marks. And I put on pounds in places that I never even thought I could gain weight, but that's where it went. And so seeing these women that are supposed to be the face of this movement that accepts bigger girls and they still have this like sex appeal that I can't find within myself, it's like, well, this is hard to relate to too. Like I, since I was young, I have known that I am just not built like, you know, skinnier girls. I carry weight on my thighs. I carry weight on my backside. Um, My chest is a little bit bigger. Like I just, I, you know, I wasn't built that way. 
um, when I was in high school and when I first started college, I had a much more athletic build, I would say. So my shoulders are kind of broad. Um, my legs, you know, and my arms were pretty toned and muscular. I played sports. And so that kind of helped carry my figure into college. And those years I was so confident in my body and it wasn't just about you know how I looked in a swimsuit or how I looked in certain clothes it was I felt strong I felt healthy I felt like I was taking care of myself um I've noticed this pattern where when I'm working out really well and I have a good schedule um that circulates around you know strong physical health um, I also tend to eat better. Like I just feel good about putting good fuel in my body. And when I'm not feeling so hot, when I'm, you know, if I'm feeling bloated or I've put on a couple pounds, then I make it worse by eating terribly. Like, am I the only one that I can't be the only one that does that. Um, and it's, you know, that is another thing that I personally need to work on and I'm going to, I'm trying um, Ronnie and I have, we're working on eating a lot more vegetables and fruit, having that more regularly into our diet. Um, I would say right now I'm about halfway dairy free. Um, I don't know if I'll ever be able to go a hundred percent if I'm being honest. I just, I love cheese and sour cream. You know, those are my two kind of like, it's impossible to give them up. Um, but we try, I won't say that we eat low carb because, you know, we love pasta and I love making like burritos and enchiladas and that kind of thing. But we do try to alternate our meals, um, with low carb options just to kind of help regulate that. I would say our weakness at the moment, I, I'd say we have two. One is that we have a tendency to eat pretty late, um, especially with Ronnie. He works long shifts um, at his hospital job, and sometimes he doesn't get off until 9, 10, 11 p.m. And I've gotten a little bit better about just eating dinner without him. Like, you know, sucks for him, but I've been trying to eat earlier. But for a long time, sometimes we'd have dinner at like midnight, which is crazy you know, like that's, it's so not good for you. So we've really tried to get away from doing that. Um, but we also both have a pretty bad sweet tooth and we're both enablers of each other. So if Ronnie presses me hard enough and he's like, ah, oh, you know, I really want some ice cream. I will eventually give in. I don't often say no. And the same way for me, if I'm like, oh, I really need like some chocolate or some sugar he's like, okay, let's go to the store and get some. <laughs> That's so bad. Like we really have to get better about holding each other accountable and just trying to eat better and make better decisions. Um, I, for a while when we were shopping, we had this great philosophy about if we don't put the bad things in the house, it's much harder for us to, you know, get it. And then so we'll, we'll have it less. So before we used to buy, you know, we'd buy like a box of cookies or little snack things or some tubs of ice cream and we would just have them. 
And then it was like, you know what, we can't do that anymore. So we stopped buying that kind of stuff. But what I've discovered is that both of us are overly comfortable with spending that like $2.99 for a delivery fee to have, you know, DoorDash go grab us pints of ice cream from 7-Eleven at like 9 o'clock at night. We're just both way too comfortable. So we definitely have some behavior modifications that we are trying to work on just to overall be more healthy. Um, When I post this, maybe I'll make like a post on Instagram or something and you guys can comment, you know, what has helped you have just better self-control when it comes to eating junk? Because I can't figure it out. I just, if I get you know, upset or anxious about my weight, then I eat my feelings about that. And then I feel guilty because I'm like, oh my gosh, you're complaining about your weight and then you just had a pint of ice cream. And it's just this vicious cycle. So really trying to work my way out of that and just have a healthier relationship with food, I think is my overall goal. Um, I've been using... I got recommended by a couple of people the app Noom, if you guys have heard of that. It's it's like a food tracking app. It's a little bit different than uh, MyFitnessPal, which I think is another really popular one. I was using MyFitnessPal um, actually throughout, I'd say my first two years of college and then on and off in the last year or so. Um, and I liked my fitness pal. I thought that it was good. I liked that it could track uh, your water intake and your exercise as well. My issue with my fitness pal was it didn't have very many options about how to input individual portions of food. So a lot of times you had to have specifically the weight of what you ate um, in like grams or ounces or whatever. And that made it just less convenient and so I was less inclined to track my food regularly. Um, I also had a hard time inputting like homemade recipes into my fitness pal and splitting it into you know how many servings I ate that kind of thing. Um, it just was not as user-friendly as I've experienced Noom to be. What I like about Noom is that Number one, you know, you can scan the foods in. It pulls up the barcode so it has all the information in there. And number two, it's really easy to build recipes because at the end it asks you how many portions you made and then how many portions you think you ate. And so that just helps, you know, split up the calories, I think, more accurately. It makes it much easier to use. Um, And I have it set, you know, it has little reminders that it gives me at each meal to make sure that I log them. And the other thing that Noom does that's a little bit different is it categorizes food by their caloric density. So green foods are like light. So they're low calorie and you can eat more of them. Or it's like the the weight of the food that you eat... um, divided by the number of calories that it has. So green or lower calorie, yellow is kind of moderate, and then rude, or rude, (laughs) red is really, is foods with high caloric density. So if you think about eating like a cup of spinach 
versus a cup of you know chocolate chips spinach is going to be it has a smaller caloric density and chocolate chips is higher um, so it gives you caloric goals within each of those food categories uh, for each day and then it also logs your exercise I have it connected to my Apple watch so it stays updated with that um, and then it also has like nutritional information and the science behind food it has little lessons for you to take every day and that is a feature that I've really come to enjoy because it just helps the it helps it make sense to me you know I've always been interested in food science and kind of health science and nutrition um, but I've never spent much time kind of pursuing that knowledge and I have appreciated the opportunity to expand my relationship with food beyond just me eating it. I like to know what I'm putting in my body and why certain things are better for me versus others. Um, the only thing I'll say about Noom is it's kind of expensive. Um, I think I'm on the plan where it's like $35 a month. And so you, you set it up and you put in your weight goal and it has me on a three-month plan right now so i'm going to try to stick with it through then and we'll kind of reevaluate at the end maybe i'll give you guys like an update um but so far i'm really liking it so that's something that i've been using to hold me a little bit more accountable for my diet and it's also going to be a tool that i take into when i go see my doctor um one of the things that I am so afraid of is I go into the doctor and I tell them, you know, how much gait I, how much weight I've gained over the past couple months, and you know this is concerning to me, and um, this is kind of what I've been eating, and this is what how much I've been exercising, and these are the medications I'm on, all this kind of stuff. What I'm afraid of is just being dismissed, of them being like, you know, I, maybe you're not accurately tracking what you're eating maybe you're thinking that you're exercising more than you are um, so instead of running any tests or taking you seriously or helping you right now what I'm going to do is tell you to track your food for the next three months and then come back and we'll talk about it so that's also what I'm using Noom for so I can go in and show them this data and be like I have been tracking my food you can see it right here this is what I'm eating I don't want to be dismissed. I want them to take me seriously from the get-go so that we can kind of get behind this problem. And if you are a girl who's ever, if you've gone to your you know, primary care provider or um, I think the gynecologist is another good example of, you get really vulnerable with your doctor. And so many times if it's you know weight issues or if it's chronic pain issues or issues with your kind of mood and your mental state, God, it is so hard to get them to take you seriously. And it's just, it's incredibly damaging to your self-esteem. It kind of makes you second guess yourself. Like maybe I'm not, you know, feeling this the way that I thought I was. Um, but it's also just like, seriously, it's freaking 2020. And you can't take on my word that this is how many pounds I put on in two months and that's an alarming number. Like I'm just, 
you know, I'm kind of over it. So I'm hoping to have a really positive experience at the doctor. Um, And I hope that if any of you guys are struggling with these same types of issues, whether it be how much you're eating, what you're eating, you're putting on weight and it's unexplained, or maybe the opposite, maybe you're losing weight and you can't explain it and it's, you know, you're losing weight at an alarming um, rate. Like, please, if you have the chance, go see your doctor and make them listen to you. Don't take no as an excuse and don't take no as an answer. You know, if there are tests that can be run, run the tests. Because overall, our physical health is one of the most important things. um, And it contributes heavily to our mental health and our mental state. So that's my little tidbit of advice for this episode is if you're going to go to the doctor and you have concerns don't leave until they have an answer that satisfies you because it's just you know crap that someone who's supposed to be advocating for you would dismiss you you know so easily um beyond that i'm sorry i know this podcast has been gosh just all over the place Like I said, I didn't come in with research or have it organized. I just had some things that I needed to get off my chest. Um, Just kind of about how I've been feeling. And I, I like hope and don't hope that some of you guys can relate to this. Obviously, I hope that you do so that, you know, we have some common ground. And maybe I'm telling you some things and talking you through some issues that you know, are going to help you come out on the other side. And that's one of my goals for this podcast. But I hope that you're not because it really sucks to feel this way to just kind of not like at all the skin that you're in, and to not feel confident or pretty or healthy. Um, So I, I don't want anyone to feel that way. But if you do, I'm here and I I feel it too. So we'll we'll get through it. We're gonna, you know, be advocates for ourselves and just try to figure this out. Um, Like I said, if you need help like food logging or something like that, if you think that would be beneficial, if you don't want to use an app, you can write it down. Um, You're probably going to have to weigh your food and maybe do some like calorie calculators just to make sure that you're getting the right information. Um, and if you don't care about calories, just write down what you're eating, see what times you're eating, um, how many meals you're eating in a day, how much water you're drinking. Sometimes having that type of daily log is all that you need to be held accountable. Um, and as far as exercise goes, you know what, this is what I'm telling myself. The very second that our gym opens again. We go to a 24-hour fitness here in Costa Mesa. The very second that it's open, Ronnie and I both have, you know, promised we're fully committed to having a regular workout schedule. We were doing so good before it shut down for the second time. And we are going to go and we're going to try to work out, you know, three, four times a week for at least an hour and just hold each other accountable that way. We don't usually do our workouts together. I've tried, trust me, but we just, he can't handle my workouts and I I don't like what he does either. So we go to the gym together, but then we do our own thing. 
Um, but we're going to hold each other accountable and we're going to go and work out regularly and try to get, you know, just some strength back. I think that we've both been feeling a little bit like, you know, we take Loki on a mile and a half walk and it's like, (laughs) it's hot. I'm tired. I'm dead. I'm good for the day. Um, so we both want to get back into prime condition, uh, for sure. Um, And I think that social media is just incredibly toxic. So I'm going to do my very best to not be on it too often, apart from, you know, when I'm checking on uh, the podcast and trying to share it and get more people to listen. Um, And then also Loki has an Instagram. If you guys didn't know, if you're listening and you didn't know, Loki has an Instagram page. Okay, it's Loki... I think it's Loki underscore the underscore Aussie boy. Um, He's very cute. Definitely go follow him. But apart from that, I'm going to just try to stay away from social media because uh, it makes me feel terrible inside. Honestly, I'm going to focus on finishing our apartment. I've got a couple more rooms to decorate. I'm going to cook some more and work on Loki's training and... um, We've also been looking for some new hikes. So if you guys live in the Southern California area and you know of some really good dog-friendly hikes, uh, please let me know through whatever um, outlet you have my contact information because I definitely like to check out some more hikes to take Loki with during the day for sure. But I think that's all that I have for this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I will talk to you next week. Happy Tuesday.